So we are in a brand new series. I get to kick this thing off for us. It's called The Days of Summer. And we're going to have this series for all, for all three months of summer this year, June, July, and August. We carry it the whole month um, because we just want to be in this partnership with summer. It's going to be a good time. We enjoy summer here in Michigan, don't we? And um, the title of this message, or not the title of this message, the series is How to Avoid the Summertime Spiritual Slump. Because how many know, like, we love summer in Michigan, but we only get three good months of it. There's not a whole lot. <laughs> and so we really got to make kind of the most of it and really enjoy our time with summer. And, you know, you're, you're busy, right? We got graduation parties. We got to go to the beach. We got to go to the beach. We got to go to the beach again, right? We love the beach here on the west side of the state. We love the beach. We love the water. And But you're busy. You've got bonfires and parties to go to and family reunions and all of the different things to do. We, we love being on the water. My family does. We've got a small boat and we love to go out on that. Our, our boat's name is The Moment. And so when we go out on it, we could spend time in The Moment. And my wife, Tanya, who's right up here, she's beautiful. Give her a hand clap. She really loves when we're all on the boat because no one can get away. We're all in one place. We're all in one place together, and, and we just love spending time on the boat and being on the water because in Michigan, the water is just so beautiful. But we get those three good months, and so it's really easy to just get really busy trying to get the most out of all of those summer days because we get so few. And so a lot of times you just go and go and go and trying to pack in all of the things that you can. I was here on Wednesday night for the women's study, and so shout out to all you ladies who made it out here on Wednesday night for... For that study. Um, it's been really, really great, and I get a lot out of it. Even being a guy here, the teachings are always really good. <laughs> and, um, but uh, the Jenny Allen, who is the speaker um, on video that night, she was talking about busyness. I was like, man, this makes, this is really great. She's talking about business and how we can just get so busy in our hustle and our focus. We can just get our heads down and get our phones up, and we're just going, 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 and we're just, we're getting through and we're just being busy, and it's, it's easy to, to be really busy. And, and how many know we can have such a full calendar and get to the end of something or at the end of summer even, and then you feel empty, yeah. right? Like, you're like oh, you, you did all these things, but you're like, man, I just, there's something missing. Yeah. You know, you, you just got to the end, you still feel empty, but maybe you're in a little bit different life stage. Maybe you, you don't have all the busyness. Maybe you don't have all the things to go do. Maybe you don't have a lot of family around or you've lost a spouse and you're kind of alone in this season of life and you get to see all these people being really busy and you you kind of have that loneliness going on and you're like man there's surely there's got to be something else surely there's more to life than just this so whether you're you're really busy and blowing through some things or you're just you're kind of sitting back and you're feeling a bit lonely or disconnected we we all have this longing sometimes of like man is is there more to life and the good news is is there is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so the sermon of my title, or the sermon of my title, ooh, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good one. I did one like that in first service too. Um, but the title of my sermon today is this, The Way of Devotion. Uh, last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And if you're not familiar with what Pentecost is, it's found in Acts 2 in the Bible. And Pentecost is this moment where you've got the first church are all gathered together in the upper room and they're waiting for the move of the Holy Spirit. 
God promised them that the Holy Spirit would come and be their helper, and so they're waiting for that. And so they're they're in this upper room, and they're waiting, and it's the, the scripture says that they're all in one accord, and they're together. And then the Holy Spirit comes and moves in power, and the Holy Spirit falls, and it's really amazing. And last week here at Vertical Church, we had kind of an interesting symmetry because in first service, Pastor Josh was preaching and he preached about being together and being in community and being one together. We talked about the summer socials that we've got going on and being together as a church throughout the summer and just doing life together. And then second service, he didn't get to preach at all. Actually, what happened is second service, the Holy Spirit moved in a different way, and we had worship throughout the entire service with prayer and intercession, and Pastor Josh shared a couple of other little things that are really important that I think um, we all need to hear. Um, But it was really interesting, the cemetery on Pentecost Sunday, how we talked about being together in one accord, and then the Holy Spirit moved. And so it was really beautiful, and so I really want to encourage you. If you're like me and you missed one of the services last week, because I missed second service last week, I saw later in the day like how awesome second service was. I was like, oh man, I missed it. <laughs> and, um, and so but thankfully it's, it's recorded. We have it online. We can, I've been able to go back and experience it. And I think you guys should too. And so rather than watching this sermon later in the week or sharing this one, go back and listen to Pastor Josh's first service last week. And then also experience second service because they're both really, really powerful. In second service, Pastor Josh talks a little bit about the the month that we're in right now, the month of June, what that kind of looks like culturally, and just some of the things around that. And I'm not going to get into that, but you need to go back and listen to it because it's really important. So I want to encourage you to do that. So Pentecost last week, Pentecost in the Bible, Acts 2, we see this trajectory, we see this sort of timeline. We've got Pentecost in the Bible, then after that, um, you have Peter's sermon. He goes out and he preaches, 3,000 people come into the body of Christ. It's an amazing moment. And then the next scene that you get in scripture is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it's it's the early church, and it says that they devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and, and to prayer. And so what is the church doing? What should we be doing? If we think Pentecost last week, what are we doing now? We're looking at this as maybe a model, and it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They're doing life together, right? They're breaking bread, they're eating, they're having meals, they're gathering, right? They're having prayer time together. They're doing life together, but it's intentional. They're yeah. devoted themselves to it. And so it's important that we see that it's an intentional, it's a devoting, it's an intentional living. Why are they doing that? Why is that important? Jesus told them in Matthew 6, 33, God says, Jesus says this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So Jesus is telling us to seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to us. What are all these things that it's actually talking about? Well, it's talking about the things of life. If you were to look earlier in this chapter, you would find Jesus talking about the clothes that we wear, the food that we eat, the cars that we drive. Well, not the cars that we drive. They didn't have cars then, but the cars we drive, right? We worry about those things. And so all of these things in life that we tend to worry about, to be anxious about, things like that. Jesus says, don't worry about those things, but seek first the kingdom. It's a devotion, right? As Christians we seek first the one who matters most, and that's Jesus. This idea of devotion or seeking first, commonly we might call that our priority list or our value system, right? These are the things that we prioritize and that we value. In Western culture, 
Here, we often prioritize self first. We talk about things like self-care and I and me and this, and we stay focused on our own hustle, our own grind, the things that we're trying to build for our own life. And I love America. I love being in where we live. We're so blessed where we are. On Monday, it was Memorial Day. How many are all thankful for all those who gave their lives for our freedom? Yeah. We, we had the parade right here in Zealand. I live right in town. And we were able to, my family and I, we walked around the corner and were able to watch the parade on Monday. And so we enjoyed that. And then we, we went back home. And I'm sitting on my back deck with my oldest son. And we're just sitting there. And I'm just listening to the sounds. And I hear the birds chirping and a little wind in the trees. And downtown Zealand on the, the clock, they're playing the national anthem and the bells. It's really pretty. I hear kids playing. They're not my kids. Someone kid, someone's kids are playing. But I can hear kids playing. And all of these beautiful just sounds and I'm sitting there with my coffee and my sun on my deck and the sun is shining and it's beautiful and I'm just like, ah, oh, I am so blessed to live where I live in the time that I live with the people that I live with. And I'm talking to my son about like, these are freedoms that a lot of other places in the world will never get to experience or hopefully they will, but, but they don't now at least. And so I'm just sitting in this moment very somberly, but also very, very joyfully about like, man, this is so good. So I love where we live, but our culture fails to teach us what it's like to live in a kingdom, what it's like to live under a king, to have a ruler over us. We don't, we don't understand that. And in our culture, if we don't like a leader, we can just replace them, hopefully, right? <laughs> you know, it's like we, we, we are able to vote and we're able to make changes and things like that. And so if, if we don't like a leader, we can change them right? You know, if, if you lived in a monarchy and you got on social media and you went out and you slammed the king and you'd probably end up with someone at your door saying, Hey, you, you can't talk like that. You're going to go to jail, right? In our culture, in this, in this country, we have freedom of speech, thank goodness. But if you can go online and, or even in person and you can slam our leaders, right? You can get out there, you can completely dishonor someone and there's really no repercussions, that's not true when you live in a kingdom, when you live under a king, that king in your life deserves the highest of honors. Thank goodness that we have a perfect king in King Jesus, right? And so many modern day Christians, we could call them a cultural Christian or maybe even like a casual Christian, you know, someone who they walk around through their life. You wouldn't really necessarily know that they're a Christian if you saw them. You don't really hear them talk about the things of God or, or they don't, you know, wear the things you might think a Christian might wear or they, would, they don't really look like that, but they, they're a good person, right? They do good things. They try to live a good lifestyle. They might go to church every once in a while, but really they're, they're living a life that looks more devoted to themselves than to the kingdom of God right? We're, we're Christians. We're supposed to have a life devoted to God. And when you are living a life to yourself, you know, a lot of people are supposed to call themselves maybe a Christian and do that. And they're, they're often really good people, right? You like to be around these kinds of people. They're really good. They're normal everyday people like you and me. They just, most of them wanted to be liked or they wanted to be comfortable or popular. They want to build their influence on TikTok and Instagram, right? Maybe they just wanted to finish school, or have a job that they love. Maybe they wanted to marry a good person and have a nice house. They want to grow old, have a good retirement, maybe do some traveling and then die and end up in heaven, hopefully. Right? 
Like that's a, that, that's a pretty good plan. But at the same time, you're, you're not really focused on the kingdom of God at that point. You're really focused on, on yourself, right? It's like heaven is a good goal, but we're called to build the kingdom on earth. And so maybe, maybe that's not you. And in most cases, it's probably not. But in any case, I want to give you guys an illustration to kind of help represent that and maybe kind of bring this idea home a little bit. So I'm going to show an illustration up here on the screen. This is you. It's a line. Yep. So this is you. Um, this might not make sense yet, but just wait. Hold on a second. So we're going to break this into some pieces. All right, we're going to break you into pieces. No, no one worry about that. All right, so it's in pieces. Now, there's actually 168 lines on there, which represents 168 hours. And the reason we're going to look at that is because you have 168 hours in every single week. And so I've done some research into what the averages in our culture look like and how we spend our time based on a week. So if you've got normal sleep patterns, chances are you spend about a third of your time sleeping, unless you've got a problem. But how many love a good night's sleep? Yeah. Rest is very important. We need rest. It's important, right? And so you spend about a third of your time sleeping. And then the, other, the next third you spend in your time working, going to school, building the life, doing the things that you're doing. So that leaves you with about 56 hours left. Now, if you're an average person who uses social media, <clears throat> TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all those things, you actually spend about 17 hours a week. Excuse me. You spend about 17 hours a week on uh, social media. It's a lot. That's the average. I mean, some less, maybe some more. That's the average. And so what does that leave you with? It leaves you about 39 hours left for what we're going to call the rest of your stuff, right? <laughs> this is your commuting back and forth to work, grocery shopping. This is making food and cleaning up afterwards. It's doing homework with the kids. This is taking your kids to football and soccer and dance and baton and all the things, right? You're running your kids here and there and everywhere. Some of us are in that life phase. But you've got all these different things going on and you're busy and you're busy and you're busy. You're fixing the car, right? You're filling it up with gas. You're doing all of these different things. It's just life and regular stuff and you're just going, 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 going. And then wait a minute, there's one, there's one little spot left. Oftentimes that's the one hour we give to God on a Sunday morning. So obviously, if you invest one hour a week in something, it's not going to be a very significant part of your life. It's not going to grow or improve significantly. Yeah. Thankfully, we're about an hour, 15 minutes, hour and a half here. So, we're, we're, so if you come here, you're doing, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> and so obviously, you know, there's many of you who, who spend much more than an hour of your life focused on devotion and the things of God, but some that's probably even less. Now, if you exercised for one hour a week, could you expect to be in very good shape or, or good fitness? Probably not. Right? If you, <laughs> thanks, John. If you spend one hour a week focused on your spouse or your relationship, would you expect to have a very good relationship? No. What about if you studied for one hour a week? Do you think that you would have very good grades? Do you think you would graduate? You wouldn't be at the top of your class. You, you might not even graduate if that's all the time you devoted to studying. And so when we only spend a little bit of time with God, sometimes we'd say, you know what, we're going to do that when it's easy when it's convenient, when there's nothing better to do, we'll just give God our leftovers. And no wonder when that happens, when we get into that, that lifestyle is when we fall back into some of the same old sins that we've been trying to get out of. Yeah. 
Or maybe we, we're, we're not sharing our faith as often as, as we could or as we should. As Christians, we're called to do that. We're called to share our faith. Maybe we, we care more about what people think of us than what God thinks about us. And no wonder you find yourself lukewarm asking that question, is this all that there is? Surely there must be more. If we want to live a life fully devoted to God, it's not going to happen by accident. It's intentional. A life of devotion is an intentional thing. So how do we do this? How do we live this way of devotion? So in John 15, Jesus is talking to a group of people. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. So let's, let's figure out who we are in this story here. Jesus is the vine and we are the branch. It says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is the vine. We are the branch. When we, the branch, are connected to Jesus, to the vine, we will bear fruit. That's what the scripture just says, right? It says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. So what kind of fruit can we hope to expect when we're connected to the vine? Well, Galatians chapter 5 tells us about the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are all really good things. How many of you want these things in your life? Right? This is the good stuff in life that fills you up. When you're connected to the vine, when your branch is connected, you get a life full of love, a life full of joy, a life full of peace that passes all understanding. That's what we get when we stay connected to the vine and all of those other good things. Now, a life that used to feel empty, connected to the vine, is now getting full of what matters, right? When we stay connected. Now, there's, there's one word that appears 11 times in this chapter of John 15. And we're going to do a little test to see if you guys can figure out what that word is. So in John 15, 4, it says this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Did you guys get it? Yeah? I, I thought you might. It's, it's, it's hidden in there pretty well, but I think you guys did a good job. This word remain, right? It's so important that we remain. We remain connected, right? This Greek word remain is translated mino, which means to abide, to live in, to dwell. It's not just a one-hour weekly duty to God. We live, as Christians, we live fully devoted lives, it's an all-in thing. It's an all-in devotion, right? Yeah. If we are disconnected from the vine, if we don't stay connected, what happens to this? It, it dies. Mm-hmm. This stick is dead. It's not connected to anything, right? It's a dead limb. It loses its life source. It's not going to get nutrients. It's not going to bear fruit. And it's probably going to break pretty easily because mm-hmm. it's not connected. Jesus is the vine, you are the branch. So be the branch. Jesus is also the way. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. 
So Jesus is the way. Now, early Christians, like the ones we read about in Acts chapter 2, they wouldn't have actually called themselves Christians. The, the label Christians came a little bit later uh, in culture, but they would have actually called themselves people of the way. Or, or people would have said they belonged to the way. That's how they would have been labeled or how they would have referred to themselves in their time. So this is not something that we do. It's not just a label that we wear and put on like, oh, look, I'm a Christian. It's like, no, we are people of the way. This is who we are. So in John 15, it tells us to remain. In John 14, it tells us that Jesus is the way. So here's it in a simplified version. Remain in the way and bear fruit. That's it in a nutshell. Or you're disconnected. And once you're disconnected, it's, well, it's not good. <laughs> you you, you want to stay connected, let me just tell you. All right, I'm going to close with this, and, and we're going to jump into a couple of practical steps of how we actually do this in our life. So I want you to consider writing these down, and I'm going to call these the, the ways of summer. So our, our sermon series is the days of summer. So these are ways of summer. It's a good dad joke. So. <laughs> So the, the ways of summer, this is how we avoid our summertime spiritual slump. These are some practical things that we can do. Now, when we talk about the way of devotion, we think about that scripture we talked about earlier, which is seek first the kingdom of God. And oftentimes we get stuck on the word first and go, well, it's got to be the first thing that I do all the time. And you're like, if I don't wake up in the morning and my eyes pop open and I go, thank you, Jesus, the first thing, then I'm not doing God first, right? That's not true. That's not what this scripture is actually telling you. It's telling you that to have a seek first the kingdom of God, that means that everything that you do encompasses the kingdom of God. Yeah. Everything that you do. I love this analogy that Cody gave us a couple of weeks ago. Didn't he, he do a great job bringing the word a couple of weeks ago? I'm so thankful for Cody and their family. And, um, but he had this great analogy and he talked about a dresser and how that God doesn't want to be the top dresser drawer. Yeah. Like he's not the first thing you get into, but he's the dresser. Yeah. He holds all of the things. So when you're pulling out this drawer, it's surrounded by God. When you're pulling out this drawer, it's surrounded by God. Yeah. You're thinking about the kingdom and the things of God in all of the things that you're doing. Yeah. It's a life of devotion. And so here are three things that you can do. The first is to pick a time. To live a life of devotion, of staying connected to the vine, you need to pick a time of when you're going to be devoted, of when you're going to, to spend some time with God and have that time of devotion to be intimate with the Lord. And so maybe it's before your kids wake up in the morning. Maybe you got to get up a little bit earlier. I've heard it said that if you get up early, the only person that loses is you. And so that means that, like, if you get up early, maybe you lose a little bit of sleep, but you gain time with God. If you don't get up early, and then some people don't get up early, and that's okay. I'm not knocking on anybody for not getting up early. I'm just saying the only person who loses when you get up early is you because you're not taking time away from your family. You're not taking time away from your kids or your wife or your spouse, or your job, or your other duties. You're just giving something a little bit from where you have in the beginning of the day. So maybe it's before your kids get up. Maybe it's while you grab your coffee or on your way to the gym. But pick that time. Make it a priority. And the next thing you're going to do is you're going to pick a place. So you're going to have a place that you're going to go to. It's going to be a specific place. A lot of people call it, oh, I've got my prayer closet. Right? You've got that place that you go to to pray. 
or to worship or to whatever. I used to work for a service company and I would spend almost three hours a day usually on the road. And man, that cab in my car was my, was church. Man, I would put worship music on on my way in the beginning of the day and I would just worship for an hour and a half is wherever I was going. And so those are some of the best moments in my life, just driving and weeping and just talking to God and just having those moments. And there's sometimes now I just get in my car and go. It's just, I I need that moment with God and I I find him there. And if you're someone who has a lot of road rage, that might not be a good idea. If you drive in really heavy traffic, maybe avoid that one, but, but pick a place that, that works well for you, a place where you can get quiet, be undistracted and just really give that attention and devotion to God. Last thing you're going to do is you're going to make a plan. You're going to come up with, maybe it's a prayer list. Maybe it's a devotional you're going to start doing. Maybe it's a podcast you're going to listen to. You're going to start journaling, right? But go into that time and that place with a plan. Because if you don't, you're going to get into that place and you're just going to end up spending that time on something else. You're going to end up wasting it. I know for me, I would struggle with going to my quiet place and sitting down and then being distracted by all of the things I have coming up in the day or thinking about, I got to work on this and fix that. And I've got this thing coming and I didn't have a plan. I had my Bible next to me, but I didn't pick it up right away. And 45 minutes later, I hadn't even prayed yet, but I thought about a lot of things. And so having a plan is so important. Think about it like this. Let's say you were going on a date. Maybe you're not old enough to date yet. This is some good advice for you. You, go, you, you have a time that you're going to go pick up your date. And you have a place. You know where you're going to meet them. So you show up on time and in a place to pick them up. And they hop in the vehicle and they say, all right, that's great. We're excited for our date. Where are we going? And you're like, I don't know. That person doesn't feel very valued, do they? Right. Unless they're one of those really weird, spontaneous people who are just like, hey, let's hop in the car and see where it takes us. Those people are crazy. I don't understand those people. That's not me. <clears throat> but I can tell you, when you have a time, a place, and a plan, you're showing value. And so when you show up in that place to meet with God, and you have a time, and you have a place, and you have a plan, I'm telling you, God will show up and meet you in that place. And it will be a beautiful thing. So I encourage you to do that. I want to take a minute, though, and just talk about, you know, maybe you're someone who's never even put God first in your life to begin with. Maybe you've never said, I'm a Christian. Maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus. Maybe you've never, <clears throat> maybe you've never made that commitment to joining the kingdom of God or, or attaching yourself to the vine. And I want to encourage you in this moment that... I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. We do that through a a simple prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up or come forward or do anything like that. But you're going to pray a prayer in your seat. And we're all going to pray that prayer together. But I want to invite you, if you're that person who's like, there's got to be something more, I can tell you with certainty it's Jesus. He's the one who will fill you up when you give your life to him. The way that we do that, we find in Romans. I'll show you in scripture how we, how we do that. It says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone includes you. It's not an exclusive list. And so I'd like to bow your heads and just close your eyes for a moment. And in a minute, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer together, and I'll lead you in that. And so if, if this is you, and you would like to make Jesus Lord of your life, if you would like to connect to that vine so that way your life can be full and bear fruit, I'd like to invite everyone to pray this prayer with me and say, God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and died for me. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead and by his blood paid the price to forgive my sin. I declare that Jesus is Lord of my life. I will serve no other God but you. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give a hand clap? The reason we clap for that is because scripture says that in heaven, even when, when one comes into the kingdom of heaven, that all of heaven rejoices. And so we join in that when we do that. Amen. And so if you prayed that prayer today, whether you're in this room or whether you're online watching it live today or played back some other time in the future, I want to make this offer to you that we would love to partner with you in your journey. We'd love to help you learn about the next steps. If you're online and watching, you'll see on your screen that there's a number that you can text to, and we would love to connect with you and send you a free gift. And if you're in the room, I'd love to encourage you to go down the hallway that way after service, go down to our prayer room and connect with our team there. They have a book that they want to give you that describes the next steps of what it's like to be in relationship with Jesus and be in his kingdom and be attached to this wonderful thing that we call the way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So listen, we are never devoted to Jesus by accident. We have to make a choice to do it. We seek the one who matters most, right? We do it by picking a time, a place, and making a plan. Let me tell you, the moment you start doing this, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be distractions. You're going to try and find reasons to quit doing it. So pre-decide. Say to yourself, I am devoted to Jesus. Because if it's not important to you, you'll find an excuse. You really will. But when it's an important thing, you find a way to do it. Think about that in your life. If it's not important, you make excuses all day long. But when something's important to you, you make it happen. And Jesus deserves that in our lives. So Jesus is the vine and we are the branch. Go and be the branch, right? We will seek first the one who matters most. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you one more time before we go. Can I do that? Yep. All right. So Father God, Lord, I love you and I thank you for today. And I thank you for all the people who have come to seek and worship you today, God. Lord, I pray that the words that have come out of my mouth would find good ground. Lord, that, that it would go forward, not because of anything that I've said, but because of you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray that everyone who hears this would make a committed decision to devotion to you, God that they would seek you and that they would find you and that they would live a life full in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Love you guys.